Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment, like no other, it's gonna be sick. Brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress, beyond organic sleep. Marinero, the sick podcast on the Sunday, the 13th of June, the day before the Montreal Canadiens take on the Vegas Golden Knights in the semifinals. Joining me right now from the Montreal Gazette newspaper, Stu Cowan. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing well, Tony. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much. The well, NHL season, but I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> the NHL regular season started in mid-January. If I would have told you the week before the season started, that comes semis, Tampa Bay would play the Islanders, and the Vegas Golden Knights would play the Montreal Canadiens. If I would have told you that then, you would have said what exactly? Well, I wouldn't have been totally shocked. I wrote a column at the start of the season, and I think if I remember right, I picked the Canes to finish uh, second in the uh, North Division behind Toronto, but I also picked them to win the North Division in the playoffs with nothing more than, well, the offseason changes look good, and also I figured Montreal needed some positive news in the middle of the COVID, and I figured that, uh, you know, why not? I said, why not can they make it? So, But the way this season went, there was obviously periods where that didn't look like it was going to happen. I mean, we remember that the first 10 games of the season, uh, everybody was talking about the Canadians being right where they are now, the way they looked, and then obviously, you know, the wheels fell off, everything fell apart, and this was not a good hockey team. The only, I've written many times, the only consistent thing about the Canadians was their inconsistency after the first 10 games, but for whatever reason, you know, and the Against Toronto, I picked the, the Leafs in five, and I was a Nick Suzuki overtime goal away from getting that right. Uh, but since then, this team is just on a roll. And, you know, as people have said, it brings back memories of 93 with all the overtime wins, a team that wasn't expected to do much when they got in the playoffs. They got on a roll, and they couldn't be stopped. And, you know, Patrick Roy was outstanding in goal, and now it's the same thing with Carey Price. So there are similarities going back. So at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have been totally shocked. Uh, halfway through the season, I would have figured there's no chance the, the Canes would be where they are right now. It's the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero, and the show is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Go to myessentia.com slash sickpod and see why Essentia is the mattress of choice for many athletes, including over 25% of professional hockey players. Use code SICKPOD for a free pillow with your purchase, Essentia, beyond organic sleep with Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette. Stu, if we forget for a second everything that happened in the regular season, we forget about the firing of Claude Julien and the firing of Kirk Muller, the firing of Stefan Waite, 
the 25 games in 44 days or whatever it was, the, 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 the ups and downs. Let's wash out the regular season. Go back to the team that played in the playoffs and was eliminated by Philadelphia in six. And now add Tyler Toffoli, Josh Anderson, Joel Edmondson, Jake Allen, Corey Perry, Alexander Romanov, who hasn't played a lot, I get it, only one game, Eric Stahl at the deadline, and Cole Caulfield right before the deadline. So if we forget about the season, but think about last year's playoffs and then all the additions, if you look at it from that perspective, we really shouldn't be surprised, should we? No, and you know the common denominator the last three times the Habs have been in the playoffs is Carey Price has been outstanding. He was outstanding when they lost in the first round of the Rangers, uh, 2017, I believe it was. He was outstanding last year. He's outstanding again this year. Just this year he's getting more offensive support, and a lot of that has to do with the guys you mentioned. Uh, Mark Bergevin mentioned yesterday when he spoke with the media on Zoom that it's not an accident that he added six guys with Stanley Cup rings to this roster. He figured this is a team, some young players, they needed some experience, they needed some playoff experience. And, you know, we were speaking earlier, one of the turning points for the Canes might have been the speeches that were made before Game 5 when, you know, Eric Stahl spoke, Corey Perry spoke, apparently Shea Weber spoke, and Corey Perry basically just saying, you know, guys, don't take this for granted. You never know when or if you'll ever get back in a position like this in the playoffs. So, you know, make sure you leave everything out there. Philip Deneau saying that he looked in the mirror and figured, no, this isn't, we don't want our season to end like this. Like this, everything we've been through this year, uh, you know, the COVID, the positive COVID test for your old army, the, the 25 games in 44 days, the way Carey Price has played, like we can't let it end like this. And they, it lit a spark. I mean, game four against Toronto, the Canadians had no compete. It looked like they were just going to roll over and die. There was no reason to believe they were going to come back in game five, never mind win uh, this series in seven games. And as you mentioned, the guys they've added, uh, it's sort of still shocking to me that they didn't have Cole Caulfield in the lineup for the first two games. I'll, I'll never really understand that decision. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, you know, this is right now a good hockey team. The fact they're all healthy and the fact that Dominic Ducharme has been able to basically stick with four set lines, which is the key to playing his system, which is quite physically demanding. You know, he wants puck support all over the ice, uh, group, work as a group of five. And he never really had set lines because of all the injuries. And, and now he has, with, you know, the exception of the, you know, Tatar went out and then they put Evans in and then Evans got hurt and they put Lekkinen in. Uh, but yeah, with the four lines and the way they're rolling, uh, my biggest concern going into the series against Vegas is Jeff Petrie's situation. As you mentioned, he's not going to play game one. They don't know when he'll be back. And just the way Ducharme has relied so heavily on it, like, you know, the big four, uh, with that, with minutes. Uh, with one of those guys missing, it's going to be tough, especially against a team like uh, like Vegas. So Gary Price is going to have to continue to play the way he has, if not even better. This is what they're going to have to do, and everyone knows that every game is so important, Stu, and every win, but they're going to have to win game one without Jeff Petrie. That's exactly what they're going to have to do. they got to win one or two in Vegas. I mean, I'm sure you watch the games in Vegas. I'm sure the viewers out there watch. I mean, that's a crazy atmosphere. I've been there before, you know, before COVID covering the Canadians. It's a fantastic atmosphere in that building. It's like it's a Vegas show, and the hockey game is part of the show. I mean, the pregame show is spectacular. The fans are crazy. They love hockey. Uh, you know, when I was there last year with the Canadians, uh, you know, the first intermission was the Blue Man Group Entertainment. The second intermission was Cirque du Soleil. It's a show. Wow. And, and the fans, I'll tell you a quick story. I, was, I took an Uber ride uh, from the rink back to my hotel in Vegas, and uh, the Uber driver, you know, he asked what I was in town for. You know, I said, I'm from Montreal covering hockey. And he said, uh, oh, he says, uh, hockey's, man, I, I love hockey. I said, well, did you love hockey before Vegas got a team? He said, no, no, man. He said, man, 
He says, my buddy phoned me up. He had tickets for the game and asked me if I wanted to go. I was like, hockey, I don't want to go see hockey, man. He says, but I went and it's unbelievable. I just ranted and raved about how fantastic yeah. hockey was and how much he loved it and how he wished he could go more, but tickets are expensive. Uh, so he's sort of hoping to go more often. But Vegas, who would have thunk it, right? Vegas has become a hockey town. Players want to play there. Uh, the, the atmosphere is just spectacular. And yeah. the, the players feed off it. And it's going to be... I don't want to say a shock, but I mean the Canes haven't played in front of you know they played in front of 500 fans in Toronto, they played in front of 500 fans in Winnipeg, and then the 2500 at the Bell Center. There's going to be 18,000 fans in Vegas going crazy. So I think they got to win one of the two. It's going to be tough to win Game One without Petrie, but I think for them to have a chance in the series, they're going to have to win one of the two first games in Vegas. It's a sick podcast. I'm Tony Marinero. Shout out to Excellent Photo Centrally located close to downtown shopping and universities. Ships to all of Canada. Professional staff at the store and online to help you choose the gear you really need. I guess we'll find out more in about a week's time, uh, Stu. But can you, if you take a look at a, a picture here, the one week break. Well, once again, we'll know more once this series is over. Are you worried that it's going to kind of halt the momentum the Canadians had going? I think it will, and we saw it with Winnipeg, and we've seen it in previous playoffs where teams have won, swept the series, and had a week off. And I think players get into that routine. You know, in the playoffs, it's set. You play every second day. Uh, they get into the routine. That, you know, you play the game. The next day, you might have a, a short practice, uh, some video, play again the next day, and you get into that groove. And they were into that groove, and I think they took advantage of that and caught the Jets in the first couple of games. So I think it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be hard for them after a week off especially going into that environment, like I mentioned in Vegas, where it's going to be absolutely insane there. Uh, it's going to be tough. Like they got to really come out and have a good start to game one. And I think the first goal is going to be really key to try and take the fans out of it a bit. If Vegas scores early, you just know it's going to be, it's going to be insanity in there. It's going to be really tough for the Canadians to fight back. Even though Mark Bergevin tried to explain it, it had a lot of people scratching their heads that Stefan Waite was fired, the goalie coach, several months ago after the second period and the fact that, uh, you know, the, that it was done and the way it was done, all of that stuff. Seeing Carey Price rebound, are you willing to say already that the move was justified and that Bergevin got it right? Or are you leaning towards Carey Price plays well in the playoffs pretty much more often than not? Well, my feeling about this, I don't think Sean Burke came in and all of a sudden made Carey Price a better goalie. I mean, Carey Price has been a fantastic goalie for many years. My, what I think happened there, I mean, the timing of a firing, firing a goalie coach in the middle of a game is so bizarre. But, you know, I know that uh, Stefan Waite did an interview with your colleague Mitch Melnick after he was fired, and he said that Bergevin had told him one of the reasons he was firing is he had to get Carey Price going, and if he didn't get Carey Price going, he was Bergevin was going to be the next guy to get fired at the end of the season. So, you know, it's hard to explain regular season Carey Price versus playoff Carey Price. As I mentioned earlier, he's been fantastic in the playoffs the last three years. The regular season, he's been so inconsistent. And you have to wonder if it's a mental thing. Does he get bored? Does he like, like what goes on? How, how can he be so inconsistent in the playoffs? Not just this year, but the last three or four yeah. years and then play so well in the playoffs. So I personally, my, my personal, I think that Bergevin might have intentionally fired Stefan Waite in during a game to get Carey Price's attention. I think, I think him and Stefan Waite were close. They've been working together for so long. And I think Bergevin knew he had to, rattle Price's cage or do something to just wake him up. And I think in hindsight, we look back and it, maybe that worked. Maybe Price did wake up. You know, he, he was close with Stefan Waite. Uh, he didn't know Waite had been fired until after the game that night. 
Um, so I think Bergevin, with his job possibly on the line, uh, he's a guy who gave $84 million to carry Price and realized that if Price doesn't start playing, this team isn't going to make the playoffs and I'm going to be out of a job. And I think he had, he felt he had to get Carey Price's attention. And it certainly looks like he did, not only by firing Stefan Wake, but by firing him in the middle of a game. For your licensed sports apparel, you can go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. And that would include Montreal Canadiens gear. With Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette on the Sick Podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Sick Podcast. Stu, that's not a terrible theory, you know that. The fact that, even though he tried to explain it, that if you're Carey Price, you say to yourself, how bad was I in-game for the general manager to fire my goalie coach in-game? Talk about rattling the cage. It's not all that crazy to think about. By the way, Stefan Waite was here on the SICK podcast as well, and one of the things that really caught my attention was that when he also added that Price has had so many injuries over the past couple of years uh, that his ability to play back-to-back, his ability to play three and four, and whether or not he's going to be here long-term and finish out that contract, those are comments that really caught my attention. The fact that Price has played as well as he's played back-to-back three and four, like I thought before the Toronto series would happen, Stu, this is not during the series, but before the series, I thought we were going to see Jake Allen because there was a back-to-back situation and on two occasions, three games and four nights. And the fact that we didn't see him and the fact that Price has played the way he's played, wow, hats off. I have to tell you, since Carey Price won those four individual awards, I've never seen him play hockey like this, ever. No, and you're absolutely right. And another thing I think with him this season, Carey Price doesn't like to give up his net. Like, he he wants to play all the time. And uh, what Stefan Waite said, obviously, they had those discussions with Mark Bergevin and, and Claude Julien and later Dominic Ducharme that you can't play Carey as much as they have in the past. Uh, so they, he shared the net pretty equally with Jake Allen. And I, I think Price had a hard time adjusting to that also. I think it threw off his rhythm. I think he was used to playing, you know, five games in a row and then maybe uh, maybe have a game off. But then Jake Allen came in. Uh, the Canes wouldn't be in the playoffs right now without Jake Allen. I mean, he, he carried them when Price was injured and, and yeah. he wasn't playing well. So, yeah, and, and going forward, when you see Carey Price in the locker room when we were allowed in the locker room before COVID, he's a big guy. Like, he's built like an NFL tight end. You know, he's 6'3", 225, whatever. He, you know, he's a big, big man. And most yeah. goalies, you look at Marc-Andre Fleury, they're sort of built like Gumby, like, a bit like gymnasts almost, right? They're so flexible. And when you, I watch Carey Price do the splits in that, you know, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm like 6'3", 220. Like, how does a guy that size that flexible? You know, I have no – I'm not a fraud, but I have, most big guys aren't very yeah. flexible. And um, But just the, the, the weight, like when he drops down to his knees, like however many hundred times in a game, never mind practice, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of pounding on the knees, on the hips, on the joints, and it's taken its toll. And not only, you know, he's played a lot of games in the Olympics and a lot of games in – World Cups and stuff like that. There's a lot of wear, wear and tear in his body. And moving forward, they're not going to be able to play him uh, you know, maybe two out of every three games. They're going to have to manage him going forward. So he's going to have to learn to deal with that. He's going to have to learn to stay focused and stay sharp and accept the fact that he can't play as much as he used to be. He's not a 22, 23-year-old yeah. goalie anymore. And and listen to what uh, Bergevin and the coaching staff and the goalie coaches are telling him about the importance of having time up and mentally – He's got to accept that, and he's got to be able to, to do that because 
you know, Perry Price in the playoffs, fantastic. He's great. But if they don't get to the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that's why I think Jake Allen, there's a reason why Bergeron signed him that contract extension once he signed him. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do to avoid having Seattle pick him up in the expansion draft. Uh, but this team needs Carey Price and they need Jake Allen or somebody like Jake Allen moving forward because you can't expect Carey Price to play 55, 60 games anymore. You can follow us on YouTube and podcast platforms, The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. He's Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette. A couple of days ago, Brendan Gallagher said, Mr. Ganey came in to talk to us, and we were like, whoa, where did that come from? Stu, over the last couple of years, several alumni have gone on record as saying, uh, it doesn't look like this management team and their staff want us around all that much. How surprised were you to hear that Bob Ganey went in to speak to the team? Because I have to tell you, I was shocked. Yeah, I was very surprised also. I mean, you go right back to Mark Bergevin. I mean, Larry Robinson wanted the coach here. Larry Robinson wanted to be the defensive coach here, and Mark Bergevin picked J.J. Daniel over him. I mean, there's two sides of the story. You know, Bergevin will tell you one story. Robinson will tell the other story. But Larry Robinson, I've spoken with him, and, and he wanted to be assistant coach of the Canadians in charge of the defense. There might have been a fear that uh, Michel Terry at the time would be looking over his shoulder, thinking Larry would be the next head coach. But in my, my speaking with Larry, Larry had no interest in being head coach of the Kings. He doesn't want to deal with us. He doesn't want to deal with the media. He just wants to do show up, coach. That's it, you know. And and for whatever reason, Bergeron didn't want him around. I think it was a huge mistake. I think uh, the PK Subban story might have been a little different if Larry Robinson had been around to guide him uh, at that point. But yeah, I've heard from other former Habs also. It's almost like the Canadians don't want them around, and, and it's. Like, why? Like, why would you not want these guys around? Why wouldn't you want them talking to the players and, and being around the team and, and, and whatnot? So it was a little bit of a surprise, and especially Bob Ganey, uh, you know, and, and good for Ganey for accepting it. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's, who's been through a lot in his life and in his career, and, you know, his ending here with the Canadians wasn't the greatest as a GM. Uh, so kudos to him for doing it. And for the guy, I don't know if Gallagher was supposed to say that he did, because the next day we were asking, uh, Dominic Ducharme, if any other players were going to speak, and he didn't want to talk about it. He said it's internal. Maybe when the playoffs are over, we'll tell you what's going on. Yeah. So we might have let one slip there, but uh, good on Ganey for doing it, and good on Mark Bergevin for bringing it in. Because one of the things that I've been critical about with Mark Bergevin is he refuses to admit when he makes a mistake a lot of times. You know, I think back, uh, you know, Dwight King in the playoffs in 2017, he might be the worst player I've seen on the Canadians since I've been covering him. And he kept playing him in the playoffs and playing him, playing him, playing him. It's like he, like he wouldn't accept that he wasn't the player that he maybe he thought he was. We saw a similar sort of thing with Eric Stahl this year, although Eric Stahl has really picked up his game in the playoffs and been a difference. But with Mark Bergevin, it's, it's, he's a stubborn guy. He likes to do things his way. Uh, I think sometimes he takes things personally. I think he wanted, you know, I know Sarah Shavard had a, a big say with Jeff Molson and, and Bergevin getting the job. And uh, I know Savard was upset afterwards that he wasn't involved. I read Savard's book recently. He was upset that he wasn't, you know, Bergeron. He told Bergeron, call me anytime you need anything, if you want anything. And he never heard from him again. And that's sort of uh, upset Serge a bit if you read his book. Uh, but now maybe they've turned the page on that. And I think bringing Bob Ganey in was a great idea for these kids. You know, like, yeah. imagine Paul Coffey, 20 years old, and Bob Ganey walks into the locker room. Like, wow. So, so good for the Canadians for doing that. It's obvious what they're trying to do, right? They're trying to, and maybe not as defensive, but they're trying to take a lot of what the New Jersey Devils were all about in the early 2000s and and bring that over to, to present day type of thing. And when they won the Stanley Cup in 86, Jacques Lemaire had a lot of influence on Jean Perron. 
Uh, Jacques Lemaire was an assistant to Serge Savard at the time or a special advisor. By the way, he's occupying the same role now to Lou Lamorello with the New York Islanders. Not a lot of people know that, but he is. So I'm not surprised that they're there. And by the way, I wouldn't be shocked if the New York Islanders won the Stanley Cup either. Stranger things have happened. It looks like New Jersey all over again, but they're, 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 they've, they're going with the whole team concept and the everyone play for each other and play the right way and uh, don't make mistakes with the puck or try and limit them as much as you can. And I'm not, you know, in, in that regard, I mean, if you're going to bring someone in and Lemaire is employed by the Islanders, I mean, the next best guy to bring in is Ganey, really. Really, he is. I mean, that's, you know, Dominic Gisharm uh, said that he was this morning, he said, you know, Bob Ganey is the type of player we want our team to play like. Like, as you said, they want guys to play the right way. They want guys to be defensively responsible. They want guys to part, you know, smart, smart puck management. Uh, all the things Bob Ganey did, right? All the things Bob Ganey did. And it was interesting. I interviewed Steve Shutt uh, a little while yeah. ago, and he was saying that, you know, back in those teams in the 70s and the dynasties, everybody knew their role. Like he says, my role was to score. You know, Bob Ganey's role was to check. And he said Ganey would get up in the room a lot of times and just say, guys, just do your job. Do what you're supposed to do. You know, if you're supposed to score, score. If you're supposed to check, check. If you're supposed to hit, hit. Do what you do best. And that built them together as a team. And uh, and all those parts sort of mesh together. And that's what we've seen with the Canadians. Yeah. Dominic Ducharme all season, you know, we've been Zoom con- in conferences, you know, trying to get him to explain exactly how his system works, how he wants it to go. And he's sort of, you know, as I said, the puck man. The thing I really notice is the puck support, like all over the ice. You watch a game, there's yeah. two near the puck all the time all the time. And we're starting to see now what he's sort of been trying to explain to us. We're seeing it visually, uh, you know, after, I think it was after game seven against Toronto in the zoom, I said, you know, in the future, when we ask you about your system, are you just going to say, go watch game seven against Toronto? That's my system. And he sort of chuckled a bit, but I think that's what it is. And, and they've been able to play. I mentioned earlier, the only consistent thing about the Canes has been their inconsistency, but the last seven games in the playoffs, they've been very consistent playing uh, Ducharme's system. Uh, obviously, the system works. You wonder if maybe some of the players wondered about it when he first came in. Brendan Gallagher said recently there was a lot to take in. Like, he changed almost everything about the, the way they want, they played. Yeah. And finally, things clicked in. That week off, I guess, where the playoffs might have helped. This week off, you know, we were talking earlier about how it might hurt them. Uh, a way it might help them is just to fine-tune that system a little bit more, uh, get it geared towards what, what Vegas does. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. All right, in ending here, and speaking of alumni, I bet you I know who they're going to bring in next. And I don't know this, but I'm going to take a guess. You ready? Yeah. Guy Carboneau? That would make total sense. Yeah. And, and when you talk, you know, I bump into the old the old Habs sometimes, well, more so back when we were actually allowed in the Bell Center uh, down near the locker room. And a lot of the guys were really upset with the, what was happening with the team. You know, the, the guys, you know, these guys bleed Blue Blanc Rouge still. You know, a guy like Guy Carboneau, they, they, they have a, such a pride in the team. And it hurts them when they see the team not doing well. It really does. And, um, you know, to see the team doing well now, I'm sure makes them happy to have a guy like Bob Ganey speak to the team. I'm sure that all the other older guys around say, well, finally, oh, about time they started doing that. And you have all these guys around. They have the alumni room not too far from where the Canadians locker room is, the, the Bell Center. I don't think it's open now during COVID. We're not allowed down in that area. as a media. Yeah. But the guys are right there. Like, they're right there. You see the Yvonne Lambert. You see Reggie Hull. You see all these guys at all the games. So it's not like you need to go looking for them. And, uh, you know, hopefully moving forward, that's something the Canadians will change and they'll have, they'll have uh, more and keep more in touch with their former players. Maybe Mark Bergeron on nine years into the job, maybe has a little bit more. He's not as nervous about these guys sort of yeah. what to do or interfering. So good for him. 
All right, so if you were to place a bet on my bookie and you go to mybookie.ag slash the sick podcast and use code sick picks for a 50% deposit bonus, bet, win, get paid. Stu Callen, Mark Bergevin, are you willing to say that uh, they're going to extend this contract? I would certainly think so. I think it'll be tied with Dominic Ducharme. Uh, Bergevin has one more year left on his contract. Uh, I don't think Jeff Molson needs to give him like a six, seven years, whatever it was he gave him the last time, you know, two year extension, I think, which would be three years. Give Dominic Ducharme a three year contract. You got these guys for the next three years. Uh, now don't forget, this is a team that didn't deserve to be in the playoffs last year. They just got in because of the expanded format. You can make a pretty good argument. They didn't deserve to get in this year. Again, they were the team with the worst record in the playoffs next year, you know, back to the regular divisions. It's going to be hard for this team. Like making the playoffs next year is going to be tough. Yeah, it really is. Not going to be easy. So it wouldn't be shocking if the Canadians missed the playoffs again next year. So I don't think you need a you know, I, personally. If I was Jeff Molson, I wouldn't go more than a two-year extension, which would give him three years. Uh, you also got to remember he's still, you know, Molson still paying Claude Julien five million dollars next year, not to coach. Yeah. Uh, so Dominic, I don't know if he wants to, you know, not going to want to pay two GMs and and maybe three coaches. Uh, Dominic Ducharme, without a, a ton of experience. Uh, won't be won't be able to command the five million dollars salary that uh, uh, you know Claude Julien did. Although if they win the Stanley Cup, maybe that'll change. If they win the Stanley Cup, he's going to get more than a two year extension. I'll tell you that right now. Okay, in ending, give me a pick: Habs or Vegas. As much as I'd love to see the Canadians win, it'd be great for the city. It'd be great yeah. for the Gazette. It'd be great for this show. It'd be great for everybody. Yeah, uh, I just I I can't see them beating them. I think Vegas is just a better team. Uh, my pick is Vegas and six. But I'd love to be proven wrong. And the Canadians, they proved me wrong in the first series against yeah. Toronto. Uh, the second series, I had them winning. I didn't have them winning in four. I had them winning in six. Uh, but it's the playoffs, and stranger things have happened. So, you know, if I was a betting man or, like, my pick, I'd, like I'd yeah. say Vegas in six. But I'd love to be proven wrong by the Canadians. I won't give a pick. I'll just tell you this. Sasa la coupe! Sasa la coupe! Sasa la coupe! in your parade downtown Montreal! He's Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette. I'm Marinaro. It's the Sick Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Sick Podcast. See you, Stu. Enjoy the playoffs. Thanks, Tony. This is fun. All right. Hope we can do it again. He's Stu Cowan. I'm Marinaro. The Sick Podcast. This host is sick. See you, Stu. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Essentia, the world's only natural memory foam mattress. Beyond organic sleep.